I forgot that this is how it works. Our guest today is the fantastic Brendan Ash Mohammed. He is a G. Did I say your name correctly? You did say my name correctly. Okay, because yeah. I'm a white dude. I'll fuck it up. Man. No, my name is the most simple. The only thing is Muhammad. Muhammad, it's yeah. Brandon Ash Muhammad. Like, is there a way to fuck up Muhammad? Like, I don't know. Like, Hodo, Hodo says that I, I say I don't say it correctly. It's like you, Muhammad. Muhammad. I know, but that's I, uh, I don't nah, ever say that. it. Okay, Brandon Ash Muhammad. But the most important thing about this dude is uh, him and I grew up in the same neighborhood. When I found that out, it, I already love funny comics but when i loved him even more because he grew up in the same neighborhood as me and our neighborhood is fucking crazy it is full of all kinds of people from like super ethnic supportive like counselors mm -hmm. and great yeah. people who just want to see you do so good and want to put you in every program and help you out and then it's also filled with like people who just hate you whether you were immigrant black Man, any kind of like interracial parents, that kind of shit was real where we grew up. And I, I, I experienced it from a basic immigrant standpoint. And I always loved that you became a comic because I always felt like our, our neighborhood was so shitty for the arts. I, uh, and, it and was really shitty for the arts. It was. But it was, it was so funny. Like, of course. All of the people in that I've met in that era were <laughs> so funny. And I'm like, that's why I think that I am funny. Of course you're because funny of because people. of where you yeah. grew up, man. Yeah. I, when I first met you, I was like, oh, my God. You're a West End black gay dude. You have the sassiness. You have the attitude, the kind of I don't give a fuck. And I'm sure you deal with your own stuff internally. But on the outside, it felt like you were so hardened by the West End of Toronto that it <laughs> should. Dude, I swear to fucking God, man. It was like I, when I met you, it was like I had met all my homies uh -huh. but it, it, that I knew from growing up. All, like, okay. I remember when we first met. Do you remember when we first met? No, I have. I'm, I can I'm tell always you, high. I can tell you the story of when we first met. So. Okay. You were hosting the Joke Box. Do you I don't the, even know. Do you remember the Joke Box? So it was ran by Deanna Palazzo, who used to oh, run. Oh, yeah, I love Deanna. Who used to run um, the Tim Sims Encouragement. So thingy. much stuff yeah. in the city. She was yeah, crazy. So she producer. ran that show, and I think British Teeth were headlining, and you were hosting. Wow. And there used to be a lotto spot. Oh my and God. I was just like, oh, I had just come back from New York after like a failed move to New York. And I remember I signed up. And then you called me, and then you didn't know who I was. Did and I then say your name right? You said my name right, and then I like went on stage, and I like I did really well. And you were like, "Yo, who is this guy? No, Yo, this yeah, guy's did I? crazy. I love this um, guy. I always love comedy. Yeah, That's yeah. funny. You must have been really funny. Yeah, you I, really like loved me, and then you were like, "Yo, I gotta get you on some shows. I love you. You're so great. Oh, and man. ever since did then, I know where you were from? I don't think so. I, I don't I, even know where I, you were from. I, right I, I didn't even think, but you just like instantly connected me connected with me and you were always like so nice and so supportive i remember you nominated me for tim sims did i really yeah you nominated me for i don't tim remember sims. none of this because i remember really diana told me that you nominated me and uh. some other people nominated me so that i was always just like oh my god like he's like <laughs> like you were like the first person to really like put me on in like the toronto comedy but scene. i really liked you yeah i, I still yeah, to this day yeah. I, I i try not to like all your fucking posts so that you don't think i'm a maniac i wish you I, did i can like most of them most I'm of them like, i really oh, with... hate me now i love no, no. i love mike and i'm the worst because sometimes you'll post something on my wall at 12 and i'll get the notification for it and then i'll never go back for it because i'll go to sleep and then i'll wake up like three days later and i'll see on my wall like brandon has posted a link to nelly Furtado. i'm like oh fuck <laughs> i see this this is three days old brandon i'm sorry but listen man I, I, I listen, man. I, it's not that I liked you, bro. I just could feel your internal energy. On stage, you hadn't even tapped into who the fuck you were yet. No. You were so young as a comic. I was. I was like 
18 or 19. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you could already feel, man, I've hosted so many shows. I'll tell you what, man. There's nothing that makes you more bitter to comedy than hosting comedy. You just, I fucking hosted a show for 10 years and I watched every level of comedian come in and out. I don't, I just, I fucking hated it. So when, anytime I heard nice voices, man, the time of your career that you're talking about too, I'm also a young comic. You're, yeah, you're, you're only like two or a year, a year and some older than me. Yeah, so if two. you're 18 or 19, I'm yeah. actually only like 21 Yeah, you're or like 20, but you've always been like just like a 35-year-old. That's man. right. For a long time, yeah. I've been this older comic that people think, and it's like, man, through my my 20s, everyone always thought I was in my 30s. And now that I'm in my I'm 30 years old, people finally are like matching up. They're like, oh, you're like 28. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm actually 30 now. You were already so funny, you, but you stopped doing comedy for a little bit, didn't you? I stopped doing comedy for, I think, three years? Did I tell you to keep doing it while you were not doing it? You would be like, where are you? You would send me like, a message at like 2 in the morning, like, where are you? I'm looking for you right now. He's like, when are you coming back? That's so funny. And I would be like, I'll come back eventually. But it was because the way that the comedy scene was at that time, it wasn't welcoming for somebody with a voice like me. Uh, and when I got nominated for Tom, for Tim Sims, people got really upset no. and were mad because I wasn't, I didn't become, I didn't come up in the classic way. So I didn't, I wasn't going to open mics and doing all this stuff. I did that sometimes, but how I was getting booked most of the time was from being crazy on Facebook. <laughs> That's still very fun, though. From being crazy on Facebook and people be like, oh, he seems funny online. Let's book him. And then that's how I got known is from like... Your being Facebook funny, is good, though. Being funny online and then also being funny in person. So then people felt like I... Um, I guess I had just been given this opportunity because I'm like <laughs> ethnic and gay. So they would like say that when I would do shows. And I was also doing a lot of like drugs at the time. Of course. So... I kind of like developed this like really bad anxiety around comedy. And I remember I would watch comedy and I would get so anxious that I had to like turn it off. Of course, man. So I couldn't do it any. I couldn't deal with everything anymore. So I just like stopped doing comedy and like went back to school for a little bit and like grew up a little bit. Man, there's nothing wrong with growing up. I, yeah. I, I love that that you did that because I remember you leaving comedy for a bit, and I remember being on you that you should do it because I always thought, man, this guy's so fucking funny. I can't believe that he stopped. And then you came back, and you came back when comedy, I swear, you're absolutely so fucking right. I never even thought of that. Obviously, because I'm just a chill white dude smoking my weed. I don't even think about your perspective on a normal day. And you saying that comedy wasn't welcome, but when you came back, people were way more welcoming. Dude, Things was changed a lot, which is why I came. Crazy change. Yeah. It went from being run by what seemed like like bigoted jerks a lot mm -hmm. of the time like these little open mics were run by the weirdest of weird dudes mm -hmm. to little open mics being run by like females and yeah. maybe you know ethnic or or yeah. people of different color i, I know yeah. for a long time we had like a couple of brown and black hosts that were hosting some of the most popular shows and mm -hmm. i want you to tell me what was it like when your second wave when you came into comedy well, that time it felt like I was more realized and more focused because cool. I had grown up and I went in with this mentality where I was just like, I'm going to show all y'all bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to show all of you. So sick. And then, yeah, and then within, I think that was like a year and a half I had returned. I got like Just for Laughs and Ooh. like all this stuff. And How did you get Just for Laughs? You showcased? I showcased, but I, I also, during that time, I've always wanted to start a comedy show that was specifically featured exclusively queer comedians of color. What's the name of your show? Um, it's The Ethnic Rainbow. It is The Ethnic and, Rainbow. And yeah, I started that show 
And then I also did another show called The Ebony Tide, and it was like sold out like consecutively at Comedy Bar for like it was fucking the wild. whole month. It was like yeah, crazy. Yeah. And then the ethnic rainbow like started popping off, and like CBC covered it. I was in the Globe and Mail, um, and yeah, that like I felt. What like was that, that like? It was nice. It was nice to finally feel like okay, I'm getting the things that I've worked for, and people are not being like you don't deserve this. See, that makes me so rowdy because. I already fucking, I don't even want to toot the horn of, I knew that you were this funny, but it's crazy that you had, you went out, you, you were a comic, took a break, came back and the world had changed and the world was more accepting. And we're literally talking about like a five year fucking period. And, uh, okay. So you're in the globe and mail and I know that you're close with your grandma. Did you ever tell her about the stuff that was happening for you? Like the com like what was happening in with comedy? Like, did you ever tell her like how big, not how big you were getting, but how big your voice, like how big, how far it was reaching? I haven't told my grandmother. My grandmother doesn't understand comedy, so you can't even really. really tell she her. doesn't have like the point of reference from it because yeah, she grew yeah, up yeah. in Trinidad. They of don't course, really have that. There. They didn't have a stand-up comic and that they knew. I people have been like, oh, do you ever go see her? See him perform, and she's like, I don't like comedy. I like music. Oh, that's so funny. So she's like, okay, you do you. Yeah, yeah. My, my parents and I, I never even had grandparents, and I imagine they'd be even worse than my own parents. But ethnic rainbow still was continuing on before all of this happened. Yeah, it was. It was continuing on. It just became a monthly show at Comedy Bar at, at this point, and it had. It was like it, JFL asked me to do it for JFL Forty Two, and a bunch of other stuff happened, was Ooh. happening with it. Yeah, I, you're so modest right now yeah. because you're just chill. But you gotta know that you don't gotta be modest about none of this shit because it's so fucking <laughs> sick. You should you should carry the same sass that you carry with your own personal confidence in your accomplishments. Cause straight the fuck up, everybody loves you in the city. You almost never meet anybody. I've never met anybody who says anything bad about you. Maybe they think it. I don't fucking know. Like you said, people were carrying hate when you got nominated. Yeah. I'm one of the people who fucking nominated you. I don't remember that. Yeah, you nominated me. I don't, you don't remember even that. remember, but I, I remember, remember being that told kind of that you were nominated me. I probably did because I've always been a big fan of yours. Yeah. And 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 D wouldn't lie. D D Plaza is one of the nicest yeah. people. Man, that's so fucking funny to me. I wish I could see the list of people I voted for and, and who else I voted because I don't even remember. I think it was me and Nigel. Oh, for sure I, I would have voted for you guys. It was me and Nigel, I remember. And then I remember you, it was like the day before um, the show, we did your, um, we did your Stoner your, Sundays. Your, your Stoner Sundays and you were just like, he was like, this is going to, you should like, you should be in this moment right now because your life is not going to be, your life is going to be different after this. And it was, wasn't and it? it was different, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I, I Okay, just for the record, I won the thing that you're talking about. Yeah, I know, you won. Yeah. So just for someone listening, so you don't think I'm some sort of overconfident maniac, when I, when I, man, comedy is one of these things, man, that it is so in the fucking moment that you can retain that moment. If you go in, okay, man, when I wait, if I'm doing a big show, I'll wake up in the morning ready for a big show. I'll uh -huh. fucking go shower and listen to my favorite songs. And I, I prepare to fucking take down the other comics on the show by being funnier than them. Uh, okay. What's the biggest show of your life? Hmm, I'm trying to think, figure it out. Let's think. Um, hmm, I'm trying to figure it hmm. Like big as in like what? Internally. What? For you, a show that made you feel like, holy fuck, comedy is real. I'm fucking a comedian. I feel like it was the day I did my homegrown taping. Oh because my the God, day I sick. did my homegrown taping was the same day I also opened for Julio Torres, oh, who I also wow. really like. And I remember I like did so amazing at 
Julio's show, and it was like so amazing to like meet him. Did he talk to you? And yeah, shit? Was he, he like... was. He was really nice. We like took the because you know how they like pick you up in like the van from the hotel. Oh my so, god! So like I like opened the van and I didn't think to see him there, and then he was like sitting there, and I was like, oh my god, dude, how fu- okay, okay, I'm gonna another, I'm gonna break the wall for us, the yeah. listener. You... What we're talking about is Just for Laughs, and when you're at Just for Laughs, it is a it is a it is a like summer camp for comedians because all your heroes are there, and you're gonna bump into them, and they treat you when you're on the same level as them because you get in the van just like they do. You're a comedian just like they are, and they like who, did he just talk to you normally? Yeah, he just talked to me like a normal person, That's, and isn't we it had crazy? like a nice conversation. I know because yeah. they don't talk to you like a fan; they yeah. talk to you like you're a comic. Yeah. Like, what you do today? Yeah, did you get a sandwich. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, I'm talking about like I have my yeah. own weird memories of that. Like uh-huh. I, I just I can talk about that shit all day. What What was your favorite just for laughs moment? I think it was probably like. Um, Meeting Leo Torres and opening for Julio I Torres. know, isn't those good? Yeah. But those moments are the moments that make the festival. I swear to God, my favorite moment from Just for Laughs isn't Just for Laughs. It's getting in an elevator with JB Smooth, okay? Uh-oh. We got into an elevator with JB Smooth. And if you've never been around JB in real life, he, he's the loudest motherfucker you ever heard in life. And it's he, him pressing a button in an elevator. Is, I'm going to number four. Uh-huh. Anybody going to number four up here? And, and, and you're instantly like, you don't even you don't even know JB Smooth. And you're like, yo, yeah, uh, I'm going to number four. He's like, then buckle the Look in, and everybody in the elevator uh-huh. is dying of laughter because uh-huh. it's, it, it's just insane. It's, it's a very insane crazy, environment. Easy, dude. I love that that's one of your moments yeah. that you got uh-huh. to open up uh, a van door and one of your favorite comics yeah. that you like to listen to. Tell, okay, so JFL. That was uh-huh. fun. Do you remember some of your homegrown memories? Homegrown, by the way, anybody listening, is a quick uh, breakdown of it. it. Is it is the mecca for every young comic. You have made in it from Canada, young comic yeah. to a. You're on your way to pretty much being a pro. The day that you crack through the Just for Laughs door and you get to do. And yours was taped. So it was. It was a lot of things I remember because it originally it was like we're. We're not going to do... Because it was a competition when a lot of people did it. We were like the first year that it wasn't going to be a competition. Oh, and yeah. And then I think it was like a, several weeks later, they were like, actually, guys, it's going to be a competition again. And everyone was like... Yeah, but they pulled the carpet out of everybody because everyone yeah. was real chill yeah. about it. Yeah, and, and then in. everyone was like, oh, my Lord. And then like a week <laughs> later, they were like, actually, it's not going to be a competition again. And we were, like, <laughs> we were like, Jesus, where are you? Thank you. Man, as if Just Flaps isn't nervous enough, now you got to go in there trying to beat your friends. I remember... In a televised taping, it would have been... It was like... Dude... Yeah. It's the worst. Uh-huh. You're gonna lose on national yeah. television. Uh-huh. Lined up there. That's with always your my biggest fear too. So yeah, like, and of course, yeah. Do you, so nobody was announced the winner. You guys just had a great show. Yeah, we just had a fun, fun show. Is your album cover from that night? No, it's from some other show that I did. Like, yeah, because you dressed real nice. I was like, yeah. man, is that from like a Just for Last uh-huh. evening? What did you wear at Just for Last? Did you wear something nice? I wore <laughs> something similar. I wore that jacket that I'm wearing in my album. Yeah, yeah, it's in. classic, good performing yeah, 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 jacket. Yeah. Um, I wore that jacket and like something that pants that matched it. That's pretty yeah. funny. And a leather black hat. Oh, I, oh yeah. my God. I thought about, yeah, Just for Laughs is one of those times that you think about your outfit for like days. I, I sat in, I, I, fuck man, there's so much shit. I bought so many different outfits. Of course. I bought so many different when outfits. When the fuck is your life going to be more important yeah, than when you're at a biggest like, comedy I, festival? I, and I couldn't decide on one and then I was like, you know what, I'll stick to this jacket. Did you guys get to do any like media stuff because you were part of uh, Homegrown? We did an interview with like for the actual like uh, like like press for it. That's really like sick. with like the, that comes with the just for yeah or whatever yeah. yeah. But that was about it, I think. Man, yeah. but I got see, like some opportunities out of it. Of course, and, man, yeah. and it, it does change your career yeah. because it did, from it then did, on you're did. a just for laughs uh-huh. comic. It did. It did honestly change my career. It like helped me get like. What's your favorite thing about comedy? Um, I don't know. I think it's just I like that I can just like be myself. Of course. Yeah. 
And and nowadays comedy comics are less judged for being naturally themselves more than uh-huh. ever. I have a lot of twitches and I smoke a lot of weed for it, and people would always think that I was always like cracked out or something like that. And nowadays nobody would ever ever even assume anything uh-huh. negative like that. They would just assume that I am suffering from some sort of mental twitch or some sort of illness. Uh-huh. And I would rather them think that than think I'm on drugs. Uh-huh. You did drugs. What drugs did you like? I used to smoke a ton of weed. I used to smoke so much weed. Uh, yeah. But weed is not good for you, a person with anxiety and like underlying mental health issues. No, my my, my wife struggles with it too. Yeah, she can't do so it. I couldn't do it. I, I did of way course. too much. And then I was also like drinking a lot of the time. Dude, but drinking I, is the worst, yeah. man. But do you I still don't drink do, sometimes? I don't do, I do it occasionally, but I stopped in, really I stopped in 2000 and I have a story. So in, I think it was 2014, I went to a party and um, I got so drunk, so high. I don't know what I did. And um, the one of the last things I remember was I was dancing with this like lady, and um, I started singing one, two, three, four by Feist. And then she <laughs> got like upset and like left. And I was like, okay, whatever. Because you were singing a Feist song. Yeah. And then my friend was like, you know, that was Feist. No. <laughs> was what like... the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. And then. I blacked out Dude, and they found the I was best. in full witch drag. I was in I was dressed as a witch and they found the police found me passed out on the sidewalk um in full drag and then they like had to like carry me home. And I have no memory of it, but somehow my grandmother like carried me to my bedroom. Dude, wow. Yeah. What a And that's why I don't I don't really drink anymore. Who the fucking drink after yeah, that? Yeah, I was just like I embarrassed myself in front of Feist. My grandmother carried me to my bedroom and I passed out in the on the sidewalk and almost got hypothermia. I forgot about that part. Yeah. How the fuck? Dude, that is the funniest twist yeah. I think anyone's ever said on this podcast. Yeah. yeah, so I'm at a party, we're listening to one, two, three, four by Feist, you know, the song classic, and then this fucking lady leaves. It was Feist. Yeah, like, it dude. was Feist. Okay, okay, you're fucked, man. You're fucked. That's the funniest shit ever. And you stopped drinking because of that? I stopped drinking because of that because I was just like, if this is what's happening to my life, man. I'm not going to do this. I love Whitney Houston. I want to end up like that. What? Like, yeah. Man, if drinking brought me closer to the people whose songs were playing while I was fucking dancing, that would be unbelievable. Imagine that. Imagine yeah. any time you got really drunk, you're like, yo, are we listening to Enrique Iglesias right yeah. now? Because that looked like Enrique in the corner. Enrique. <laughs> who, who was your favorite childhood musician, artist? Did you... Because you grew up a black gay kid in the West End of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Who knows who the fuck you were as Oh, I, w- I loved Madonna. Did you? And Madonna <laughs> did all these problematic things that I wasn't aware of. Oh because I guess I was like very sheltered from yeah, like my course, black culture course. as a child. Like I remember I would draw photos of... Um, of me performing like a prayer at the talent show. Wow, so fun! And I wanted, I had like this image of like burning crosses because I, I just thought they were like so cool and yeah, so fashion because they were in a Madonna music video. But I did not, and then I found out like years later it was like the KKK. And I was just dude, like, dude, yeah, how fucking yeah. mom? I love burning crosses. I was like, I want to burn some crosses for this 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 talent show. Let's do it, Brandon. Yeah. If being gay wasn't enough, yeah. you racist too. Yeah, you're racist too. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Okay, wait. I'm gonna roll a quick J. Okay, choose one. You don't have to smell them. If you want to smell them, you can. I got here zombie sugar cookies, pink arrow or purple arrow, money maker, and four something. I can't remember the name. Four star general. Four star general. Um, let's do pink or purple arrow. Purple arrow. I'm only gonna take a puff of it. Yeah, take a puff. I'm only gonna take a puff. I want because I'll, I'll smoke this pop, whole joint. Pop, pop. I think I might have the best job pop, in the world because I just get to get high with my funny ass guests. Okay, okay. 
So you used to smoke weed? I used to what age so did you start smoking weed? I, I never did drugs in high school or anything because like my mom wa- wanted me to be like a rebellious kid. Okay. And so by so my idea of being a rebellious kid was doing everything right. Wow, hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So that was me being rebellious. But I started smoking weed literally the summer I graduated from high school. What that a was kid. the first time I tried it. Who was the friend who got you to try it? My Girl friend from No Frills, my friend Alex, she she gave me a, a bong hit of White Widow and I was high for like two days. Man, that's so fucking funny. See, that's the kind of shit that actually happens when you first get high yeah, as a teenager. Yeah. Like, not even as a teenager, just even in your early 20s. You do a bong hit or you smoke a joint and you're high for like two days. You're high for two days. You take a nap for one whole day, you eat for another. Okay. And I remember I wanted to like get into weed. So I bought like the White Widow off of her. And I remember I hid it in a like empty um, Pepto-Dismal um, like pill bottle. Yeah. And then I remember I was like, oh, Nana, my stomach hurts. I need the Pepto-Bismol pill bottle. Yo. Do you know where it is? And she's like, I can't find it. I'll find it later. And then whatever, I left and I came back home. And she was like, I found your Pepto-Bismol bottle. No way. And I was just like, yeah. And then she was just like, I found what was inside. And she was like, I told you to say no to drugs. Say no to drugs. And then she started crying. Of course. And as she was crying, like she was like waving her hands. And my dog got like scared because she was so hysterical (laughs) and like bit her on her boob. (laughs) And she was like, ah. And then, like, we're like, what's happening? And then she, like, like showed us, and we were like, oh, my God, this is too much. Oh, yeah. my yeah. fucking yeah. Lord. Yeah. Dude, man. I love that shit, man. My mom got hysterical when she, when I admit, I, I had to admit it, because I had been coming home high for weeks, and she didn't know, and I told her that I'd been swimming. I used, I tell the story in my comedy, but it's the truth. You've been swimming. And I told her that I'd been I swimming. I used that because I heard that from you. Yo, man, like, swimming yeah. is a real deal yeah. thing. It used to be a real thing, you know? My yeah. eyes were red from the chlorine, and my mom found out that it wasn't. And she cried and got hysterical, too. She fell to the floor and slapped the floor <laughs> like, like she could not believe what was going on. And I remember being high while this was happening, and I couldn't have been more chill. And my mom is on the floor in hysterics. And even to this day, I can see her. And I'm just so high going, Mom, what are you doing? Get off the floor. And she's going, And I'm going, relax, man. It's fine. It's just weed. I man. have a question. Did you go to JJP a lot? Yeah, I went to JJP. Oh my god, almost I love JJP. Every I miss JJP. Is it, what is it now? It's still it's something. still JJP, but it's just I haven't gone there in a while because you they built hear us? Okay. a rec center by my house. JJP. The last time I went, when I was like, I was like nineteen or twenty. I just gotten out of high school. And we went one more time in the summer, just as like a little laugh. And there was nothing more trashy than the kids who grew up in the neighborhood who used to sit on the rocks. Cause that doesn't change. Remember how not rocks, but there was like, like levels. Do you remember? Oh, that, in the the like the like concrete levels the concrete that, that levels, are like around. That's the, right. The, yeah. And it was like an alpha status, unless you were just a normal adult who had gotten there early and was just up there. Any kid who got their towel on those little like pedestal things, man. I went there when I was in my twenties, and it hadn't changed at all. All these trashy kids were like, I fucking hate trashy kids. By the way, that pool is. It used to be nice, but I remember swimming there a couple years ago, and you could not. I had goggles on. You could not see through the water. It was, it was so uh, disgusting. The dream's over, man. Yeah. JJP's fucked. Yeah. City pools are actually kind of fucked up. Yeah. When you become an adult, you realize that there. It's like a 60-40 split of normal people. And just straight up fucking maniacs who brought yeah. their. I used to swim. I used to swim every single day at JJP 
when I was like 21. Oh, I would I would go every summer. I would walk from my house there and I would swim a laps for like an hour. So good. And then there was this crazy woman and she punched me in the face <laughs> while I was swimming. Holy fuck. What a, that's the yeah, craziest and she shit. Was, she was known as like the puncher. And she would oh, always punch people in the God. face if they got too close to her while she was swimming. And I was just like. So you told the lifeguard and they're like, yeah, that's just punching yeah, Patty. She's yeah, going to punch you like, We can't do anything. Wait, um, man. One of the funniest moments I have ever had at, at JJP. This is how immigrant in Toronto this pool is. We had a Portuguese dad one time making barbecue on the outside of the fence of the pool, and he was passing hot dogs and, and, <laughs> and hamburgers to his kids who were on the inside because you can't bring the barbecue into the public pool. So he was just outside, just like there's a little laneway beside JJP. Yeah. He was just right there making little hamburgers and bringing them in. And I always remember thinking you would never in your life see white people do some shit like no. that. White people were so. When you were growing up, I'm gonna, and this is for real. This is me talking honestly too. The only gay kid that we had in our grade was also a black kid, and his name was Josh, and I loved him. He was one of my best friends growing up, and I always remember that Josh. Where's Josh now? Josh is a pretty much adult emo kid who is like pretty like dark in his like kind of style and stuff, but he's still very um, openly masculine gay now. You know, he's really masculine gay. And I'm really happy about that because when he was a kid, he was a real frail kid. And when he got up, he's like really buff and like, yeah. he's like a pretty hot black kid now. So Josh, though, was one of my best friends when I was growing up. It had nothing to do with him being gay. He loved animals. I loved animals. And I, and I actually hated him when we became like 13 because he was on the show Zabumafu. Do you remember Zabumafu <laughs> yes, with the Crab Brothers? Zabumafu, so he's yeah. one of the kids who runs in to play with Zabumafu in an episode. And I he never told anybody in the school. And I seen it. And the day after I went and I was like, yo, were you on fucking Zabumafu? And he was like, yeah, I just didn't want anybody to know. And I fucking eternally hated him. But this is a stretch from one. Uh, Josh always had trouble having white boy friends. Like, did you ever have trouble growing up because you grew up in, in the West End of Toronto? Well, white kids... White boys, most white girls, fine. Josh, and white I, girls, were fine. I had the same thing. What, what, what was that like, bro? It was just so weird. Like I remember when I went. So I went. I used to. I originally was like born and lived at Weston and Lawrence. Heavy. So I went to H J Alexander oh, wow. Community School, and then in grade two, half of grade two, I moved to Annette Street Public School, wow. which is in um like Annette. I think it's Annette and Dupont or something. I don't Dude, know I know, I know that school. Okay, but so. it is like a culture shock because I went from being like around people that looked like me to this like very like white school and everyone was so hateful and so mean and i went there from grade two to grade eight and i remember in my last like years grade seven and eight i did not speak because i was like i'm done with these people these people are so horrible the other thing is i was put wrongfully into the learning disabled class no fucking so people thought that i was um mentally handicapped that's crazy and people would talk to me like like horribly or and all of this crazy shit and yeah, whenever I see people treat like disabled people badly, I get like so upset because I'm just like, you don't know what that feels like to like feel like people think that you're like nothing because because you're missing something yeah, or because you're not like them. Or oh something. my god, yeah. I can't even imagine. But I know that that's what you went through because mm-hmm. I grew up in the West End and I seen it firsthand because Josh was one of my good friends. That nobody who white girls. Always, even you know, even like ethnic mm-hmm. girls would be friends with Josh, but white boys, yeah. man, white boy, that's a serious issue. I went to that school for 
from grade two to grade eight. I do not have a single friend from that school. Of course day. not. Who the fuck would any of those people? I'm not even gonna give. They always the I'm gonna. I want to talk to you, and I want to keep you. As yeah. sober as I can, because right? uh-huh. we're having a great conversation. So I'm gonna keep smoking this uh-huh. joint, and if you want to hit it, you let me but know. But Western, Western was really when I came into. Where my is own. Western in Toronto? Western's tech is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is at um, it's at Clen. Is it not Clendon? No, um, 35 Evelyn Evelyn Crescent. I still remember the address. That's so funny. And it's like in High Park and run not High yeah, Park. Right. It's High Park Runnymede. That's right. Yeah, it's right down the street from Lawrenceville. Very ethnic and very cool. It's school. a very cool school. It's a it's a like a hood high black high school yeah. in the middle of an affluent white area. So uh, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Uh-huh. Holy fuck, that's so funny. Yeah. I never even thought about that, yeah. that Bloor West Village vibe. Yeah. But the school wasn't like that. Yeah, and people were like so scared of Western, and like I Man, remember Western I, Tech is tough. I remember I would like look. In, I would go in the morning and you would see all of the white kids like come out of their houses. They would look at Western and then they would go down the street to Humberside. So funny. Humberside, a bunch of fucking... But it was so much fun. It was so much fun. I have so many stories. I remember girls getting beat down at the field and we'd be like, that's what you get. Yeah, that's what you yeah, get. Yeah, man. Yeah. Western's tough. I, miss, I loved it. I loved it. I never got like beat up or anything. Nobody was like no. really homophobic to me. By the time I got to high school, you're right. We, we had a really gay Asian kid who was openly gay, but like, okay, lots of gay kids in our high school, but he was openly gay, like super flamboyant, I swear to God, always wearing just the most, man, like, like he dressed like he was in a, like a Christina Aguilera video, but he was like a background dancer. I like that. Very shiny like that. clothes all like the time, that. okay? Uh-huh. Shiny is the, is like, you know. Yeah, I had really straight, I stra- I used to straighten my hair. No, you and didn't. I, and I had like the like emo, the like scene Oh that, that was my like God, my look. classic. That was my look. Dude, you're I thought I looked very teenager. masculine. I thought I would look very masculine. I wore a weird H&M scarf. How fucking funny is that? Yeah. I remember that, man. Yeah. I, you and I are so close in age that I probably would have been in like grade 10 or 11 when you were in grade 9. Uh-huh. So was that... What year are you born? 1992. 1992? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm in grade yeah. 11 when you're in grade 9. So we're that close. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I was 13 when I went to high school. Holy which was like, shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that's like what? 2015? That was 2005. Or 2005. 2005. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, bro. Listen. So you go to Western... Western's sick. Western's so much fun. I had all of these friends tell me your after favorite having, high school memory, man. Um, oh my god, there's so many. Um, okay, I'm trying to think of one. I'm trying to think of one. I guess it would be the time um, Quanisha beat up all her friends. Did you just hear the name you just dropped, Quanisha? Quanisha, bro. that's I the most Quinesha. Western tech. So Quanisha was name. this like this very funny like black girl. She was like. She was about like six feet and she was like very built. She was a Yo, very strong classic girl. high school yeah. tough. Like, and like- she had this little Middle Eastern boyfriend named Omar. And we used to just like, it was just like the funny conversation of that, the funny combination of them. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Just like of because he would, she would like, he would like sit on her lap and they would like make out and it was just like really funny. And I remember he would like write these like emotional posts on her wall. Did and you be just like, tell me that he would sit on her lap? Yeah, and they and would make and out. they would make out. That's the they funniest. were like kind of they were kind of like unusual, but they were like dude, that so is funny. the funniest imagery yeah. for some reason. Yeah. It was just so weird. I was like, wait, what? And they would um he would write like these posts on her wall, and he'd be like, oh my god, Kunisha, the sweet baby Kunisha. What do you, I love oh, you so like, much. Meet me in you are so sweet, the baby Kunisha. 
you are the baby and so sweet like the Konisha, the baby Konisha. <laughs> and that's what he would just write over and over and over my again. Baby Konisha, baby oh Konisha I love you so much, baby Konisha. You're so sweet and the baby. Um, and anyways, one day um, she was in an anime club, and there was like a there was like a, a, a section of furries at, that went to Western, like furries, and they no would, way. And they would do stuff. So they were all in the anime club, and what happened is, is one day I I can't remember what happened, but they kicked Quinisha out wow. of the anime club, and she had just like a full breakdown, and she started beating up all her friends. She just started beating everybody up, and then when she she tried to kick a person, but she did this like weird kick. And she was right next to them, but she did like this like weird kick like this. No go, man. And like somehow missed him. Of course. Because she went like this and then like <laughs> kind of like almost fell. And um they had to call security because it was getting so no badly. Way. So then there was Richard. I think it was it was Richard. And Richard was like this like six five, like like two hundred and fifty pound, like buff black dude. And he was trying to like hold Quinisha back and he could not hold Quinisha back. He could not hold Quinisha back. And he was like, stand down, stand down. And then he had to the throw The security Quinisha. guard is yelling at yeah, this high school yeah, student to yeah. stand down. Because she couldn't, he couldn't control her and she was going out of control. And then he threw her, he had to like throw her on the floor and get on top of her to calm her down. And <laughs> me and my three friends are just watching this. And my me and my friend are dying. And then my other friend Nika is just like, she's like, y'all can't be laughing at this. Because she was from Atlanta and that's how she talked. She was from, you went to high school with somebody from Atlanta? Yeah, that was my best friend. It was my friend, um... It was my friend Max, who was like this, like he was also a gay black kid. Um, Nika, who was like this, like fun girl from Atlanta, and then my friend Jane, and she was like this, like hood Vietnamese girl. Another <laughs> funny story about her is when she ran away in um, grade nine or something. She ran away in grade. She nine? ran away in grade nine, and the police like were like questioning us and like, do you know where she is? Do you know her email? And the one of our friends was just like, yes, I know her email. Her email is. Um, Lilvietbitch at hotmail.com. Was it actually though? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yes. If anybody is listening right now and you were born in the 90s and you grew up with internet, Little Viet Bitch is the fucking most perfect I ever heard of. Yeah. I think that's another one of I have so many Western stories. Dude, school was so fucked up. I went to Bishop Morocco too, yeah. which is kind of like a rough school. Yeah, Bishop Until, Morocco is like west, western. There's like the, yeah, 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 yeah. There was. We all hung out together. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. When you said western, I was like, oh my god, yeah, it's only down the road. And uh, man, do you guys ever go to High Park? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. We, so we used to get ripped in High Park and just stare at animals all day. Yeah. And uh, one time, our principal caught us getting high at lunchtime. She was going for a drive through the uh, through High Park, and we were all sitting there in the thing. And she drove by. Man, it was so funny. Imagine it was like, a non-school property. What's she gonna do? There is no scarier sound, I swear to God, than a car reversing quickly uh-huh. because like, it what? goes like, and I swear to God, it like tops out instantly. Like, and she hits the brakes, and we, we all get in trouble. Go back to school. Growing up in that area. What was it like at lunchtime? Because you grew up near Bloor West. Was there like crazy beefs? Was there a place to go and eat? What was your Bloor West fucking spot? We would go to chapters. Chapters? We would go to the chapters. You white fucks. We would go to the chapters and it was in the pizza pizza. Oh, okay. So, so there was the chapters and we would all read books there. And classic. we would look at the sex books. That's all we would do. Dude, that's so funny though. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Do. That's now classic a, teenage shit. It was a theater and they turned it into a chapters and now it is a shopper's drug mart. Oh, of course it's a shopper's drug mart. Uh, Anything that you loved as a kid is now yeah. a shopper's drug mart. It's now mart. a shopper's drug mart. That was like the spot. There was like some parks around there that we would go to. What did you do after high school? 
What did I do after high school? Yeah. Well, I went to Humber for, for comedy writing and performance. Oh, now yeah. we're getting into the beef of this. So you go to Humber for com- Why did you want to be a comedy I writer? I don't even know what... Like, I remember I watched... I saw Sarah Silverman. I thought Sarah Silverman was very funny, and I wanted to, like, do comedy, or... I thought I wanted to be, like, an actor. And then I liked Mean Girls, and I found out Rachel McAdams um, went to... Went to York, York, not York Memo. She went to York University for acting. So I was going to go to York or something. And then I went and looked through a college book and I saw that um, they had a comedy program. And then I saw like Deborah DiGiovanni went there and she was on video on trial. And she was hot at the time, huge. Yeah, and she was on video on trial. So I was just like, oh my God, then I'll go to this school. This seems cool. Like legit people are coming out of this. So I guess I'll go. That's one of my favorite things that you could ever say right now. Yeah. Legit people are coming out of them. We've worked with all those legit yeah. people pretty much. Right I thought now. that I honestly thought like at 18 or whatever, or 17 that I was just like, Oh my God, I'll just do two years and then I'll be like on Saturday night live or something ridiculous. Of course. Just like, you Buddy, I started at 18 too. I was delusional. Yeah. I, I do I, not understand how much work you actually have to put in. I told myself that by 25, if I wasn't living in New York doing uh-huh. comedy, that I wouldn't do it anymore. By 25, I had just gotten just for last for the first time and I couldn't have been happier with where I was. Uh-huh. These fake things that you put They're on yourself. They're just like crazy. Like I remember, yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm going to go to after, after Humber, I'm going to go to Groundlings in LA. Groundlings? And, and then I'm going to be in, uh, on sec, uh, not Second City, um, Saturday Night Live. But Dude. then my whole priorities changed when I went to Humber and I was you just realize like, oh, I like stand-up. Like, yeah, stand-up is so yeah. much fun. People don't understand the idea of stand-up until they do it. When you get on stage and there's this light and this audience and they start laughing at the shit you're saying and the, and the stories. What's your favorite stand-up story? My favorite your favorite story. moment in stand-up. You can think back right now. Maybe we can dissect it a little bit too. Let me think. Let me take a moment to think about it. Like that. it could have been one of your first sold-out shows at Comedy Bar or you know your first big laugh. Somebody meaningful in the audience. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. There's so many. It's like hard to like pick. What's your worst memory in comedy? Oh, um, probably the Tim Sims performance. Yeah. Because I was like, I did a bunch. I did so much crazy shit for that performance. That was like when I was doing so much crazy stuff. But um, for that performance, I ended up opening. I opened the show. So you were first. I first, and then all of the audience was people that have heard my jokes like so many times, and then I think. My final joke was um, a song. So what I did was I went like, God, lights. And then like I changed the lights so it was like a single spotlight on me. Nice. And then I began to sing an acoustic version, or, or no, an acoustic gospel version of My Neck, My Back. And then I ripped off um, these like tearaway jeans. <laughs> what? So with like literary short shorts. And then it was like a high, like a high pace, like gospel version. And then whatever, I, I sung it and then I jumped, spun in the air and then jumped into the splits. And that was how I ended that performance. That's pretty And good. everyone was just like, no way, dude. And I was just like, did you make it to the finals? I made it to, I made it to Cream of Comedy. That was like the, you made it to Cream of Comedy yeah. and that was your final and they didn't give you no love. Who the fuck won your year? It was Nigel. Oh, fuck. Tough uh-huh. year. Uh-huh. Fuck, I voted for both of you fucking That's uh-huh. good. Uh-huh. Man, Nigel's a t- Nigel beat me, for fuck's sakes. Nigel beat me at Homegrown. At Homegrown. Yeah, but you know what? Nigel got lucky. I'll go on record. I'll say it right now. I don't give a fuck. I love Nigel. He's one of my good friends. I'll tell him right now. I love Nigel too. Nigel's microphone got unplugged. Uh-huh. 
And when he plugged it back in, the first line that he said was, for fuck's sakes, on the biggest night of my life, microphone gets unplugged. The whole place, people rolling in the aisles and shit. The director of Just for Laughs is having an orgasm in the back. (laughs) Gilbert, whatever the fuck his name was. was (laughs) Just for Laughs was cool. When did you find out? How did you find out? I found out when I think I was on the subway going somewhere. No way. And I had like gotten like, you know how like sometimes, sometimes in between. Yeah, you'll pass. And then I saw like I got a message. It was like missed call message from Zoe Rabnett. And then it was like, hi, Brandon, I'm trying to like reach you. I haven't I, I couldn't reach you, blah, 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 blah. And then I like had to like go of out. Of course, get out of yeah, Zoe out of the fucking subway. from Just for Last. And um, yeah, she like called me and she was like, yeah, we'd like to offer you this would you be down to do this? oh my fucking lord that was the first time i never get that call yeah you have do you have representation yep and she called you directly you well this was before i had formal representation oh shit it was like when i was in talks to get representation so then yeah that was buddy enjoy that call Uh because you never like it's not that you never get that call again it's always going to go through an agent so you never get that call I know now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you, yeah. Fuck, you know? Because every time I get that call, like uh-huh. my association with that is my agent Morgan. I love him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Best because every fucking good call I've ever yeah. had is this fucker's voice <laughs> being like, Mike, uh-huh. what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just sitting around, Morgan, what are you doing? Listen, just for laughs. And instantly, yeah. as soon as he, I'm like, oh my God. I know, just for laughs. Uh-huh. Fuck, man. Do you... Um, I love my, my manager is Ethan Stern. We love Ethan Stern. Ethan Stern, give we him a shout Ethan out. Stern. We love, we love you, Ethan. Is Ethan cool? Ethan's cool as hell. Did he come to you? He was like, "I want to represent your shit." It was like through a project I was working on with shut somebody, the and fuck then it was up. like introduced to him, and then I saw him in LA. Did he help then, you with your album or no? And he helped me. He's been helping me a lot with the um, like getting press and like. Oh man, uh-huh. it's hard to get press. Did you get some press there? I've been getting a lot of press. I've been doing a lot of podcasts. Like, I've been doing, like, almost two podcasts a day. Everybody wants you. You're hot right mm-hmm. now. I, that's actually why I asked you, too, because yeah. I had messaged you the other day. I was like, do you smoke weed? You're like, I'm real. I'm like, all right, we're going to get you in, then fuck it. I was going to send you some of our weed, but I might, might as well just have you here. What's it feel like to be the hot act in the country right now? Oh, my God, stop. Soak it in, I'm you so fuck. I'm so shy. You're so shy. And I, I don't I know. ever like to, like, put put attention on myself. Your fucking album thing got yeah. hundred like a hundred plus shares or something yeah. crazy like that. Like yeah you should be well, happy. we've sold like cause I'm again donating all of this money and we've made like two thousand dollars so far. Buddy, and that's like fucking days, unheard of. And then I was just like, oh my god, that's so amazing. Do you know that if you had done that on iTunes, you would have reached number one on iTunes? Yeah, probably, you, I would have reached number one on iTunes, you're but gonna, I was just like, don't. I would much rather. You can still do it. You'll, yeah. it well, they they can stream it. Yeah, I was gonna want. say. But I was just like, I really want to donate money to these causes. I feel like that's really important, <sighs> especially what's happening. It's Pride Month, and especially what's happening right now, and especially a, as uh, the only black gay man doing stand up in comedy in this country. Man. Openly, I, there must be one dude who's hiding it or something. I'm probably, there probably is. Yeah, he sham, he shams <laughs> hiding it. I seen his woman. No, I'm just joking. I'm just. I she's love act- Chelsea. Chelsea's actually I a sweetheart, and she'll s- knock me out. I always try to steal Chelsea from from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's a funny yeah, white I'm lady. Like, Chelsea, you're mine. Yeah, she's like, great, man. Yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea Larkin or something. Yeah, Chelsea Larkin, that's right? my girl. Yeah, she's G. But yeah, I had been. I was. It used to be the only queer people of color that were doing comedy in Canada were Martha Chavez and me. Dude, how and that was for crazy years. Yet. That was for like at least eight years. Maybe Whoa, there was something we didn't know about, but the only There's probably we, somebody we don't know we about, but know that doesn't about, count. But yeah, but like... The mainstream of Canadian comedy. Yeah. And you're allowed to say that now. Like, I remember when I started comedy, I was just like gay black men doing comedy and there was nobody because it's like, 
in comedy, there's never been like a really big gay male comedian. There's never been like a like a gay male version of like Ellen or Rosie O'Donnell or something like that. Dude, breaking down barriers, selling yeah. out stadiums. There's never really been that. So when you add also someone who's black into that equation, like when white people are also having this, a, a problem, I'm like, I'm tripping out yeah. right now. Uh-huh. I cannot believe that's yeah. how limited it was. Yeah. Right now, you just fucking said you and Martha Chavez. We're the only ones. What the fuck? Dude, Mar- Martha gets every ethnic, uh, like, yeah, like, gay uh-huh. fucking person of color. Yeah. You, POC's under fire. Is POC shit still? I don't even... I, I don't... It's, like... It's a complex term because it groups all of us together, and there are... There's, like, a hierarchy within people of color, like, Asian people, Indian people. Their proximity to whiteness is seen as closer. Of so course. they have more privilege. Anybody who denies that And there's that also anti-blackness in all of the other PLC that's communities. Crazy. See, and that's indigenous. A, that's a great like, conversation. Okay. Let me get into that with you for a second. Racism. Because you are so well-versed when it comes to this kind of stuff. I always see your face. Buddy, you are fucking crazy in touch with black history in Canada. Fuck, we should be talking about some more of this. Okay, let's focus. I'm going to... Because I'm the stoner, so I'll like... Yeah. I'll, I'll keep taking it back to neighborhood shit, uh-huh. but I should I should extract some really... I good... learned stuff. That was because I went to that high school. If I did not go to that high school, I still feel like I would have been like... I would have hated my blackness. Oh my God. You were talking about something so crazy. It was the black people in Halifax. It was Africville, which is like where... Africville. So part of my family is from... Um, is descended from like black people in Nova Scotia. That's wild. So I think it was my grandmother told me... My other grandmother told me that about Africville, and Africville was a historic black settlement in Canada. And what happened was they, it was started by like freed slaves who like settled there and black loyalists. And what happened was is the government essentially destroyed it. So what happened was is they would take tax taxes from these people, but they would not provide them with services like electricity and paving, paving roads. And they kept trying to like do stuff to like get them to, to, leave so they opened up a dump there they opened up a fertilizer just, plant just pushing and them they up. just like slowly destroyed the whole area um i think the halifax explosion also really damaged that area and they refused to like give them anything or That's give them any so they didn't have any running water they didn't have anything so it was like i think they started in i think it was the 1800s that was when it first settled and then in the 1960s they started moving people out of africa bro did you just say 1960s yeah and that's what i think it was like 1965 is when the last people left but they forcibly removed them they didn't want to leave and they were like yo we're gonna prompt we're gonna give you guys nice nice houses like you're gonna be fine and then it found out that none of the houses were nice or they may have been worse and they moved them out of the city with garbage trucks. That's how they... They just them. piled them into garbage they trucks. They moved. They took all their stuff and put them in garbage trucks. They're like, this is all we have. And they and they removed them from the... Man, from this Africa is Bill. so And then they wild. demolished it. Um, yeah. The, the fact that this happened in Canada yeah. in the 60s... But there's so many... People don't know that there's a historic black population in Canada. Buddy, I had no fucking clue. Yeah. You posted that. I yeah. shared like it. Like, there's Oro, which is like... Oromonte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is like... Uh, what an hour from Toronto, and it yeah, was like, it was the first. I think it's the first ever black historic black settlement that was commissioned by the government, and it was commissioned by it was for black black loyalists that fought in the War of eighteen twelve, and they were given this land as a thank you or whatever, and the land ended up being like so bad 
that they couldn't, that they couldn't really like farm or settle the land, but they were the first settlers or first like I guess settlers of that area, excluding or the is shit. Yeah, and they they had to leave because they're like this land is bad garbage. Yo, it that's is what, garbage. They, that's probably why they gave them that land. I'm gonna tell you straight up, Oromonte is on the wrong side of the mountain area there, so there's like a the the Niagara Escarpment. Yeah. So on one side is really green and yeah. lush because uh-huh. that's how mountains work, and on the other side is a dry deserty. And that's what they that's gave what them. They gave that's them. what they gave them. That's Dude, Oromonte is find, shit. I've been trying to find a lot of information about the descendants of it because there's not many things another thing that canada does is actively um erases its history of racism dude unbelievable i'm gonna tell you just quick let me tap into this i had no idea how racist canada was towards indigenous people literally till i was almost 18 years old 18 years old and i met an an indigenous girl and at a party at a fucking party we were talking about government and i was like well you don't like the current government she's like oh my god i you know i come from like native background and you got to know that and she started getting into the shit, and it was on that day uh-huh. that I got into indigenous issues. And since then, it has yeah. been something that I always try to uh-huh. at least speak out to white people. White people, I got pe- most people have no fucking clue uh-huh. how fucked up our background is when it comes uh-huh. to. I will say this: I feel like sometimes they try to focus on like the issues of black people and exclude indigenous people. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm always trying to be like, no, like we need. Dude, indigenous as soon people, as you're telling also, that story yeah. about them destroying the neighbor, the, yeah. the communities, you're like, yeah, they still do that to indigenous people. Yeah, and I'm just like, we need to like. Make sure that they know, because they're trying to like still out these people. Man, they're still trying you, to like. You, you, people don't even get it. You still hear. I, I still see on my Facebook, like, 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 people talking about native people as if they're not equal, as if they don't deserve the same rights. Yeah, I rights. used to work at. Um, I used to be a security guard at Dollarama at Young and Charles. <laughs> Crazy. And there was like some sort of. I think it was like a halfway house or some sort of facility that was specifically for indigenous individuals sure. who had some sort of substance abuse problem. And they would come in and they would, well, a bunch of people would come in and steal stuff. But people would always, they would be like, oh, you should follow the native people, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I'm not following them. Man. Let them take whatever. Follow we stole all this stuff from the them. Native let them people. take it. How the fuck are you going to tell a black dude to follow Yeah, the and I was like, people. I'm not, I, I used to let them, they could take whatever they want. I did not care. You know what, man? Who the fuck gives shit? Yeah. We have destroyed and pillaged, yeah. man. We still, still don't give them the resources to educate their young. We still don't get, like, man, all you need to do is educate them as much as we educate anybody yeah. else. Yeah, but we don't even course. know about, like, the history of residential schools. Like, there was this woman they just, I met. They just started yeah, this year. There was this woman that I met. Her name was Tony something, and she was on, um, she was, like, on MTV in the 80s, and she talked about, like, being an indigenous person with HIV. And she told me her life story, and I was just like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. So she was taken from her family in Canada by the Catholic Church wow. and was essentially sold to a family in America. And they did all this like crazy sh- stuff to her, and she ended up having to, she like ran away as a child, and all this other stuff happened to her. And then I think it was like she had, she was um, arrested or something like that. And they didn't have any record of her immigrating there or anything like that. So they deported her back to Canada. Wow. And she, yeah. I don't Man. know how she is. I should message her. I haven't talked to her in a while. What can you even talk to that person about? Yeah, I'm just you know like, I'm, I'm like, just like, hey. Yeah, because people, like, I don't know, like, because I'm, again, Trinidadian. And then people don't realize that, like, black people aren't indigenous to the Caribbean. That's right. So, like, all of the Caribbean indigenous people have were essentially wiped out first. Wow. So, but my grandmother tells me that she met her, um, like, her indigenous family. Like, her, wow. like her Arawak family or That's whatever. And she nice. told me they were all, like, super old and they had, like, this, like, long, straight hair and, like... 
And I was just like, oh, so I'm just like, yeah, I really relate to like what is happening. Cause Literal I saw ancestors. I heard about what happened in Trinidad with the indigenous so people. So Trinidad, explain to me what happens in Trinidad because Trinidad is a proud black nation now. Uh-huh. So what happens? They So I can't remember who approximately discovered it. I think it was Christopher Columbus, but he discovered it, thought it was they were Indian people. Yeah. Like he thought he was in India and then essentially just like d- over time destroyed all of killed all of the Carib and Arawak people that were there. And um then the slave trade happened and then some of those people like 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 literally get taken into slave yeah they were like they were used as slaves and then also a lot of them died but then a lot of them had babies with the people that were like coming in so like the having black babies people, really softens it yeah, up so like a lot of it having, like really strong so, like that's why the caribbean is like very mixed so there was like first it was like the indigenous people then the black people came then slavery was abolished then they started bringing indentured servants which is how the chinese and indian like population came into the Caribbean. Shut so up. that is how like like my like heritage was like all of those things. Man, isn't that wild? Uh-huh. Isn't that fuck humans are weird. Yeah. But it's like all of my family is like super mixed. And whenever I tell people I'm like, oh yeah, like blah 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 blah. I know about this. I know about that. But like you're trying to like take up all of this culture. Like you're trying to say that you're everything. And I'm like, literally my family is everything. When you were growing up, did you have a lot of resources to learn about your background? No, because I found that I remember my mom finding a book on Trinidad in the library, and it was like the only book that they had. That's on fucking Trinidad. crazy. And my grandparents didn't ever really like to talk about what happens. Like, I think it was just really traumatic. Were you the Were you the first gay sibling in the family? I think I yeah, I think I am. Yeah, that's fucking wild. Yeah. You had to break that barrier. I guess so. Was it cool? I don't, they tough? don't really like we've never really talked about it like Shut they up. just like know and and they're just like okay whatever it's just brandon Brett. they're yeah. just like whatever i don't care you i've never have, had to be like oh you must God. have been gay for a long time in the sense that like you know you, so you ever meet a kid and you're like this kid's gay oh no 100 percent was a Do gay you know what kid I, mean by that? I was such a gay kid i, I was always buying I, barbies I, I was i was i love sailor moon <laughs> dude you're like man that's the classic like man sailor moon is, i like sailor moon too though which is kind of fucked up yeah because I liked it because of Tuxedo Mask. I always yeah. thought he was so cool. He's so mysterious uh-huh. to show up, save the day. What, what were your favorite cartoons growing up? I love that you um, said Sailor, Sailor Moon. Moon, Dragon Ball Z, Pokemon, I love Dragon Ball Z. Digimon, Dude, Beyblade. Dude, so anime based. Um, there's other stuff too. Did you like, like Beyblades? Is that what you just said? I like Beyblades. Did you ever get Beyblades? Did I did, I did. I love them too. Um, I see them in stores and I want to buy them for my kids. There were so many shows. Reboot. Yo, Reboot. Is Reboot Canadian though? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is too. It was like a YTV specific Were show. Were you a YTV kid? I was a YTV or kid. Or a TVO kid. I was a YTV kid, and then I became... Um, I would look at TV in the morning, then yeah. um, then um, YTV in the like after school, and then I would watch like um, Teletoon like, late at night. Oh, man, nothing better than uh-huh. Teletoon late yeah. at night, undergrads, uh-huh. and yeah. Tom Goes to the Mayor, and all yeah. these weird shows. What was your favorite late night show do you remember oh, there was this weird show and it was like this guy in a wheelchair oh, and there was man. all this like nudity and like oh, man. What's john callahan has yeah, well, yeah something yeah. like that i oh, remember like, watching oh, that a lot and it's not handicapped it's stubs what the fuck is that stubs wow i know what you're talking about i know yeah 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 and his wife had the big tits yeah what the fuck john i don't remember but i used to watch that all the time oh man i know what you're talking about holy shit man daria i used to love daria daria Dude, Daria was my show. That Daria was another so funny. way how we became friends. Because I remember you posting about Daria. I love Daria. And you were saying like, oh, I used to pretend I was Daria in gym class. Dude. And I used to do the same thing. The hand? And just be like. 
every time during volleyball. You're so fucking funny. You're one of my favorite people. We had such a good chat today. I didn't even want to get you high because I didn't want to slow down your pace. Uh-huh. I'm sorry that this lasted so long. I'm happy. I always love to talk to when you. When I'm really high, we I used to We used to always run into each other. And then I quit comedy. And then I came back and I've seen you twice. And it's like, I know you have like a life now. You're a dad. So I understand. But I, I genuinely do miss seeing you all the time. Oh, man. I, I'm not a sad. seener anymore. I know you're not. You're not. You, you don't do that. And now you're anymore. like, a, you're like one of the OG seniors now. Yeah. And now I'm not a senior. And you're like. Whenever me anymore. I'm like, can you just come back? Like, remember when I saw you at Comedy Bar that day? Oh my god! Day? And then I was like, I was gonna say bye to you, and then you were like, I don't want to be here. And then you like escaped after your set, and I was so sad that I get sick. I uh, I am an uh, an after. Even if I kill, I'm yeah. out. I You're very reclusive, like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm a. Yeah, yeah. Somebody told me once that I'm an um an introverted extrovert. So Same. when I'm like at a party, I'm like the life of the party. But as soon as the party dies, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just like, sit I'm there. done. I was I'm, just like, I miss you. I just I miss my. That's <laughs> my boy. Yo, man, you're so nice, Brandon. I love you as a person. I love you as an artist. I, I cannot thank you enough. I can't believe all the nice things you said about me at the beginning. I didn't know that I voted for you back in the day. That sounds like 100% yeah. something I would have done. That's why I always I used to think of you as my um as Lil Wayne. Dude, and I was Nicki Minaj. And I'm just bringing you up yeah. internally. I'm like, like I'm, yeah. I'm boosting you, bro. Yeah, I was I'm like, I'm Nicki Minaj. I'm Nicki Minaj. Yeah. <laughs> she gonna be the best. Yeah, and I was just like, that's me. I love, yeah. I do remember. I 100% remember... The, the, the box show with British teeth. I don't remember bringing you up, but I remember always having enthusiasm for your comedy. Yeah. I'm really happy that you remember You're like, all that shit. like, who is this guy? Yeah, Dude, that makes it. me really happy. I love it. Okay, because I love you. comedy. I am really Thank happy you. I love you, Mike. I love I'm really you happy so you did my show, yeah. okay? This has yeah. gone full circle now because yeah. now... Now I'm just an old fart comic, and you're like this rising star, and I'm uh, I'm happy that we get to Thank share. Thank you. You're the best. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. You Thank fuck. You for having we're gonna me. start rolling the credits, so we'll just do background talking like this, like you know. And now we're gonna just roll credits as. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and now there's like music playing and we want to thank all of our sponsors yeah yeah you grab it's some water delete. you drink it someone's gonna come in and dab the sweat off of our <laughs> this is my good side you have a good side i don't have a, i don't have a, i just <laughs>